Hello and welcome to Dystopian Deep Dives with your host, Natalie Donna. What follows is a conversation with David Livingstone. Uh, He is an expert on secret societies and has done 30 years of research looking into this stuff. Uh, This is a conversation about conspirituality and how he believes it's funneling well-meaning people into the right as well as uh, the occult underpinnings of fascism. Please enjoy. But yeah, it always seems like the new, I mean, I've seen this so for so long that the new age and Nazism are super connected and no one, no one talks about it. Right. Like it's sort of this verboten. Oh, but it's different, right? It's different now, but I don't, because it's an agenda. Because what happens is, right, like, basically, it seems like not only is it this sort of alt-right situation, but it also seems like a very sort of death cult kind of situation, right? Where certain people aren't going to make it, right? Certain people aren't going to make it to the ascension. and, and, And those people happen to be Christians, Muslims. Jewish, actual Jewish people, right? People who have any sort of religion that's not believe in God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we were going to talk about conspirituality. What is that? Um, It's apparently a new phenomenon. Uh, It's really interesting how uh, so much of the conspiracy conspiracy culture Mm -hmm. is evolving. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, like a, a main theme in my book, my recent book, Ordo Abcal, is how uh, if you look at all of the leading personalities in conspiracy culture, they've been tied actually in one way or the other to the conspiracy. A uh, really great example is somebody like uh, Eustace Mullins, mm-hmm. popular author of the Secrets of Federal Reserve. And he was a member of the National Renaissance Party, which appears to have been basically uh, a front of the ADL. Um, And that's kind of par for the course. Uh, I mean, National Renaissance Party, they're basically a neo-Nazi party. And so what you find for most of the last half of the uh, 20th century, 20th century, that, um, uh, yeah, all the the leading conspiracy personalities were tied one way or the other uh, to the far right. Uh, yeah. Exam- yeah. And it's Classic. a it's a talking point to shut down, I think, people who are seeking the truth, um, sort of newer people maybe to the scene, and they get kind of funneled into these, you know, people who may or may not be telling the whole truth, right? Because That's it. yeah. Yeah. I mean it's hard to understand because from from some of the things I've read, it almost seems like they believe it. So I'm not sure at what level of deception they are, <clears throat> but um, a key organization in the United States was the John Birch Society. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a classic case. <clears throat> they would typically uh, criticize the usual suspects. So uh, the Bilderbergers, the CFR, the Trilateralist, all that stuff, but never you know, go much deeper. And that really is very much the surface level of the conspiracy. It's so much deeper than that. And... Um, and then, so there's an entire series of connections to the fascist international that I talk about in my book. So uh, 
I won't go there yet. They'll see where our, our discussion goes, but basically to, to, to yeah, well, to let's the, just tell the audience, what is your book called? It's called Ordo Abkau. So it's, it's a six volume book. It's, it's basically the, the culmination of, uh, I've been, I've been researching this for 30 years now. And mm. so, um, you know, each, each previous book kind of took a, you know, basically took the research to another step. And then this research, this recent book is kind of wraps everything up together with a lot more new findings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the more that you look at, the more that you find, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I have been surprised to see how much was still to be discovered in the last five years, you know, despite the fact that I thought I had researched a lot of these topics pretty thoroughly. And I think it just goes to show, you know, to what extent the popular conspiracy culture is really far off the mark. So, um, um, you know, basically, I won't go into all the details. We can maybe come back to it in the point, but basically just to summarize, the, um, uh, like I said, the, 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 the more, mod- more important modern organization was John Birch Society, and then more recently what's called the Council for National Policy, the CMP. And so when you look at a guy like Alex Jones, that's basically where he comes from. <clears throat> and if you look at the time, Alex Jones's timing was, uh, was perfect. So basically he came in, he became popular right around 9-11 and really used the, the widespread suspicion uh, that, you know, something was up to build his credibility. And he had a couple other, uh, um, you know, escapades that he did like uh, the, the, Bohemian, uh, in, Grove. Uh, Bohemian Grove and all yeah. that stuff. Was that John Ronson? Yeah. I think, yeah, who also seems devious <laughs> at best. Uh, <laughs> but what sort of also draws me or drew me to some of your work, I mean, I think your work's great uh, because mm-hmm. it seems pretty objective, which is nice. Uh, yeah. You don't get that a lot, right? Uh, it seems like what you're saying, right? There's always sort of a hidden agenda when people yeah. are discussing these topics. Yeah. And oftentimes they are tied to what we would, I guess, call now like the alt-right or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you even make allusions to, you know, Bill Cooper being mm-hmm. part of um, what, what? At least I the know, Patriot movement. Yeah, and I know that he was also um, in some, I think he was in Demole. I think he admits yeah, he that was, yeah. fully yeah. in one he of his. He admits that in his book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that these guys come from, I guess an insider perspective, yeah. but they don't, I don't think they tend to reveal, you call them basically like disinformation agents. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's, I mean, like if you look at a guy like Alex Jones, <clears throat> he's, in a, he's a fascinating example. Mm-hmm. He did, um, he put out, uh, there's actually a, a, a clip of where he's admitting that he comes from a family of Masons. He says uh, that uh, he his background is Rosicrucian from the Mayflower. Right. And the real the, Rosicrucians, he says. The real Rosicrucians, not the phony modern American right. Rosicrucians. Right? And he says that this is, uh, you know, he, he, he refers to the Enlightenment. Uh, you know, when really enlightened means means the you know the word light or in this case it refers to luciferianism which is not mm-hmm. what he's saying but basically that so that's the tradition 
that goes back to the mystery schools and it's the real Illuminati, not the false Illuminati. Right. So, <laughs> it, so it's really hard to understand where he's coming from. Is he, is he, is he, is this what he believes or is this part of the, the disinformation he's fabricating? But it just shows that there's a certain kind of this conspiratorial mindset uh, within the conspiratorial elite, I, mean, I think in some way. So mm. not that Alex Jones is one, but I think he's been indoctrinated by, uh, you know, his whatever level of participation he's been in. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really key example. Um, and you but also of course, discuss yeah. David Icke and David right. Icke's sort of regurgitation of uh, theosophy, which right. is heavily connected to, you know, the Nazi occult belief system. Exactly. So I'm going to just, I'll get to that point in a roundabout way. So basically, mm -hmm. um, like the, the case of Alex Jones, basically, he was an agent of the right. And so... He was used to build a base that appears to be for Donald Trump, mm -hmm. right? Or at least that base, uh, his audience was fully uh, exploited by the likes of people like um, Roger Stone, who was a longtime Dirty Tricks um, um, agent. And very Roger much Stone is terrifying. <laughs> What, doesn't he have a tattoo of like Richard Nixon, Nixon on his butt his or no. his back? Okay, sorry. No. I don't know why yeah. I thought it was there, but yeah, what a, a strange character for sure. Well, to see, the thing is, is like, if you look at the history of the, of the United States, it's very much divided between North and South, right? To keep, to make things simple and mm -hmm. divided on the race issue going all the way back, obviously, to the, to the, uh, to the Civil War. And so, uh, there has been a there basically the right wing in the United States, especially when when the right flipped or the racist right flipped from the Republican Party from the Democrat Party to the Republicans. Mm -hmm. One of their main approaches that they took was what's called the Southern Strategy, and it begins with people like um, George Wallace and um, uh, Goldwater, Barry Goldwater. Mm. And basically, it was you know the what they call in the dog whistle politics. So basically, you appeal to racist sentiments to uh, get votes. Mm. And so this was a strategy that was uh, again used uh, by uh, Nixon and then Reagan. And the and the real architects of it, the pioneers of it, uh, was Roger uh, Paul Man. Was it? Black Manafort and Stone. What's the, the the firm that Roger Stone founded with Paul Manafort? Going all the way back to the '80s, particularly working with uh, Lee Atwater, who was another pioneer of the Southern strategy. So this is this is why basically you can see how the Roger Stone worked the same strategy through Donald Trump by again appealing to the right, and you know adapted to modern times through the alt right, and so. This is basically the role that Rogers, that Alex Jones was to, to play into. So what's important to understand there is that right at the end of this whole strategy, what came out of it was QAnon. Right. And so QAnon built up on the whole same conspiracy, conspiracy strategy by claiming that there was a deep state out to take down the Messiah Trump. And, uh, and lo and behold, it was made up of, of uh, an international elite satanic pedophiles. So what's interesting is that one of the key backers of the QAnon uh, disinformation was Paul E. Vallely. Mm -hmm. So Paul E. Vallely, in the 80s, he wrote an article 
it's a pretty sort of relatively famous article called the Mind War article about the use of psychic uh, tech, psychic uh, abilities uh, mm -hmm. for warfare. And he co-wrote that article with Michael Aquino, who right. was the founder of the Temple of Set, who was implicated in the Franklin uh, cover-up right. scandal in Omaha. In Presidio, so yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that whole scandal, this is what I'm writing about in my book, it's an entire scandal that's very much at the core of the, the elite conspiracy uh, in the last 50 years. It starts with Roy Cohn, who was um, uh, Donald Trump's mentor, and then gets taken over by uh, Edwin Wilson, who was a member of uh, Ted Shackley's secret team of rogue CIA agents. Mm. And then it's from there that the Franklin uh, cover-up uh, scandal evolves, and then, of course, eventually, ultimately, uh, into Jeffrey Epstein. So you've got these international right-wing uh, uh, elite of satanic pedophiles who are putting, for, for, putting forward this mythology of a deep state of satanic pedophiles. Yeah, <laughs> right, the conspiracy conspiracy, I the think is what you said. Conspiracy. Exactly. So that's why now, obviously, everybody knows well known how uh, effective and popular the QAnon you know, another key, another key conspiracy conspiracy was the whole Pizzagate nonsense. Mm. So again, they tapped into entire to a large audience that was aware that these kinds of things happened. So they were susceptible to it. They just had to toss in a few, you know, uh, phony pieces of evidence and construct this narrative, which was completely absurd. But because, uh, you know, to deny it would be to deny that the conspiracy exists, right? That's how people get sucked in. Mm. So they created this whole bedrock of gullible, uh, you know, uh, people gullible for their version of the conspiracy and QAnon. So now what's happening is that they seem to be broadening it by branching into the New Age movement. Right. Where, and where, I notice a lot of the people I meet now who are sort of, have sort of seen the COVID-19 narrative for what it is are, you know, very New Agey. Yeah. And uh, this was something I didn't really yeah. realize because yeah. this has never been my position to, to no. I mean, I've watched a lot of David Icke's material just because, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not really because I believe what he's saying. It's because no. I'm just curious about what this man is all about. Oh, yeah. Um, he is a curious character. And it. Yeah, the pink and teal phase, right? Yes. And <laughs> and this idea of uh, channeling entities right. who are telling him that he must, he's the godhead, right? He must disseminate this information yeah. to free mm -hmm. mankind. Mm -hmm. However, it seems like there's not really much of a difference between what he calls ascension and the goals of like the new world order, new world order. it doesn't Absolutely. really seem like there's a difference to me there isn't. can you explain there isn't how they're connected the ascent what he calls the ascension and yeah. what the plans of what we call i guess the new world order would be or yeah. like a global government or whatever you want yeah. to call it yeah, it's one and the same so you know the thing is like um it's satanism right mm -hmm. so so the thing is about I was explaining the same thing to somebody else today is that Satanism is, it's not atheistic. Mm. On, on the contrary, 
it, they believe in the same things that Druze Christians and Muslims do, except in the reverse, right? So they're very conscious of the entire narrative of, of Bible history, except that they are working to bring about the opposite. So the, the, the central goal of Satanism is to bring about the end times. And this is why when you go back to uh, Albert Pike and Morals and Dogma, the whole thesis of moral dogma is that Freemasonry is, is founded on basically the, 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 the allegory of rebuilding the temple is the rebuilding of a new world order in fulfillment of the uh, book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. So basically the book, the, the book of Revelation is their blueprint. And so this is an entire tradition. If you go back, if you look at, if you look at occultism, you know, going all the way back, basically, you know, basically the book of Revelation, but, you know, from, from the, uh, like at least the Rosicrucians and so on, you find that it's, it's entirely centered around expectations of the expected millennium with the arrival of the Messiah. And um, so basically what happens is that uh, in modern times, like you, you, the new age basically is agnostic. It's a, basically mm -hmm. a Christian it's agnostic. Cult, the, right? It's like the old age, actually. <laughs> right. It's uh, older than that. Yeah. yeah. It's like the new old age. <laughs> yeah. Well, the new age is, they mean, the coming, the coming age, right? So the thing is, it, it appears to people as being, as not having anything to do with Christianity because it mixes so many other elements. Mm. But it's a Gnostic Christianity, so it's a kind of Christianity that basically mixes uh, esoteric elements. Mm -hmm. And that esoteric, so that whole, that whole story is basically the belief that uh, Aryans were created uh, by the fallen angels on Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And they survived the, the sinking of Atlantis and uh, landed in uh, Central Asia, uh, where they uh, uh, emerged to conquer various parts of the world. And, basically created Western civilization. More, you know, most importantly, they, when they landed in Asia, they were responsible, uh, their heritage was responsible for the evolution of Tibetan Buddhism. Right, this and is Blavatsky, 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 right? Yeah. yeah. And, and this, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, basically what I see when I examine this stuff is these people taking world religions and sort of claiming them to be of an origin that I don't necessarily think is true. Like, yeah. uh, and I think it becomes actually pretty racist where you're like, yeah. anyone can read the Tibetan book of the dead. Honestly, like I have read it. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing to read and to try to understand another culture's religion and then to completely what the kids call like appropriate it. Uh, to your own ends, which is what I think the Blavatsky ultimately did. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we know that that uh, ideology inspired or was very inspirational, I think, to Hitler. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, like, they, they hijacked Buddhism. So it has nothing to do with Buddhism. It's mm -hmm. That's why they, they picked Tibetan Buddhism in particular, which is a very kind of eclectic form of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the reasons is because uh, there's a lot of elements of what's called bond shamanism that got entered into into Tibetan Buddhism, and that's the that's where they trace the origin. So it's not the Buddhism itself; it's basically, according to Blavatsky, bond shamanism is is the true um, is the true Aryan tradition of magic that survived. Mm -hmm. 
and that's why they've isolated Tibet as this, uh, you know, Aryan uh, homeland. And of course, so the the swastika is supposed to be, you know, their their symbol. And, and if uh, you go to Asia, I mean, the swastika obviously is everywhere because it's first of all, it's not the swastika, right? It's like a reversal um, yeah. of the Buddhist symbol um, yeah. for the elements, I believe. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, they take what they did was they took all of this stuff to sort of bolster their arguments of these like seven root races uh, and basically, you know, commit genocide. Like, yes. so it's very strange to me, you know, this is why I find your work interesting because a lot of people don't see this connection where they still want to do this like new agey stuff, but they don't see the connection between that and like, basically Satanism. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah. so the because the thing is is that what they're so they're still expecting their Maitreya right they're the Christ they're they're expecting the Christian millennial to come with the arrival of the Messiah which is supposed to be a, a thousand year reign of peace right that, that comes after the, the arrival of the Messiah which is which is where the also the Nazis, of course, got the idea of a thousand year Reich. Mm. So and so that is always being timed with what they expect to come with the age of Aquarius. So this so that's why you know you look at all these occult groups, at least in the 20th century, this concept of a of a coming new age, uh, arrival with the age of Aquarius goes back to, you know, like I said, the beginning of the century. And so that's basically Luciferian occult organizations and even Masonic organizations. This is their belief system. And now it's basically being externalized and popularized as the, as the new age. Hmm. So that's why, you know, ultimately it's, it's Nazism, but Nazism is early new age, right? So Nazism was yeah. basically the first new age regime. So that's why, uh, that's why they share the same, uh, the same belief system. And this is why, you know, as I show in my book, if you look at the, 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 the people who have been supporting Ike, they're all tied to this fascist international and the same people who are behind the, um, the conspiracy conspiracy. For the because audience, what is a conspiracy conspiracy, just in case they don't know? So the conspiracy conspiracy is basically the, 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 the use, the manipulation, the interpretation of a conspiracy that is communicated uh, to dupe people into thinking they're fighting it when in fact they're serving it. Mm, okay. Like um, an Alex Jones, right? So, and yes. David, so basically these people are being, you know, I mean, it, in fact, I, I list the example of uh, 1984 uh, in my article. So George Orwell was a student of Aldous Huxley, right? Mm -hmm. Who was basically the granddaddy of MKUltra. Uh, I think he's the, you know, the great fiend of the 20th century, the great villain. And um, so if you understand the, the 1984 is fascinating because when, if you think of it, what happens is that uh, Winston, the main character, he becomes very suspicious of the regime. He knows that, you know, it's, it's, the, it's all appearances and something's up behind the scenes. And so finally, this guy O'Brien uh, somehow senses that, um, um, that Winston is critical of the regime, and then he gives them the book. And this book lays it all out. So the book basically exposes exactly the, the, the facade and the deception of the uh, Big Brother and, you know, the, 
the 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 the, the manufacturer of this false terrorist enemy, uh, Emmanuel Goldstein, mm -hmm. and you know how there's perpetual war and ever-changing enemies, and you know uh, war, um, uh, truth is falsehood, and so on and so forth. So what happens though, and I think I think you can compare that book to the Protocols of Zion because that's exactly how they were used. What happens is that O'Brien turns out to be a member of the party who is likely one of the authors of the book. So this book is basically deliberately disseminated to pick up people who are going to pick up on the deception, but basically entrap them and then neutralize them. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Which is exactly what happens in the book. Eventually, Winston is tortured and then, you know, to the point where he finally uh, accepts that he loves Big Brother like everybody else does. So you see the QAnon phenomena as funneling people who are already sort of, uh, I guess, upset or hip or whatever to what's, they yeah. feel something's going on that's not right. quite right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so then, and I see this happen on the internet all the time with different ideas, right? People get funneled into the popular sorts of personalities that are talking about it, right? Celebrity, yeah. Yeah, and so we actually we kind of see this now with like Robert Malone, yeah. re, re like the COVID stuff, right? Like yeah. that that guy is obvious to me, very obvious, like military intelligence, right? And a sort of you know co intel pro situation, right? Like here's this guy who's going to pretend. Well, he doesn't even really pretend, right? Because he still sort of says like, oh, "Well, I got vaccinated. I did the thing, yeah. right?" So. Angle. Yeah, the limited hangout for sure. And there yeah. are a lot of these characters out there, a lot of these gatekeepers of yeah. truth, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the thing is they're they're there to recruit people to the right. Mm. Right? The same the same crew, and that's what's happening. So that's basically what happened is that Facebook <clears throat> was targeting QAnon content to the wellness community. And this is why there's um there's an academic, and that's how he came up with the term conspirituality. Mm. Because the the wellness community was already uh, sort of suspicious of big pharma and you know modern science, and um, uh, so and it's it's and then they were into new age ideas, so they were already susceptible to the teachings of David Icke. So David Icke now offered that crowd an audience um, a perception that COVID nineteen was part of a uh, uh, some kind of a, of a conspiracy that had been identified by Ike. But the thing is, how they're being uh, corralled, basically, is to identifying that enemy now as the left. Right. And that's why, that's why you see that Fox News is jumping on the bandwagon, people like Tucker Carlson, of course. Right. So they take the entire uh, COVID narrative of, you know, taking away our liberties, speaking all the sort of right-wing... Uh, um, uh, dog whistles cliches, or Dog yeah. whistle. And uh, and then using it, because what's happening, that's what's happening is a lot of this, the, the, the wellness movement is being lured into the right, which would otherwise seem paradoxical, right? I mean, that's the last thing you expect all these wishy-washy people to do is to start listening to Ike and Alex Jones and people like that. If you look at a guy like, uh, like Malone, like you said, I think one of his first interviews before he, he was interviewed by uh, Rogan, he's been interviewed by Steve Bannon. Oh yeah, Steve Bannon's out there with his uh uh Yeah, he has what is his show? The War Room? Is that it? Yeah. Is that what I his show is I can't remember right now, to be honest. But 
yeah, you see all this sort of, because people are obviously very upset with so-called like liberal or left politics. There's lots yeah. of things going on that these so-called leftists are supporting that seem actually antithetical, I think, to what they traditionally are supposed to support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there's been an erosion, right, of and, and sort of a, a way to kind of grab hold of this voting base that is disillusioned now with the Democratic Party, which I don't blame them. Like, I don't, I don't actually buy into like the left-right paradigm so much, yeah. but I do see the parallels of like, I mean, I'm, I, I, I like looking at the Nazis a lot because yeah. I, I think they serve as a very good example for like, Okay, well, here's a really creepy occult fraternity, basically, <laughs> committing all these horrible crimes, and and we can get into the maybe in some other conversation of of other you know conspiracies surrounding World War II. But what I see is is a bunch of occultists who appropriated other world religions that really had nothing to do with them. Like I don't think Tibetan Buddhism, to be honest is probably from i don't believe i don't buy the whole like atlantis myth anyway i i hate the, all the alien stuff i hate it yeah. i hate it <laughs> i can't even tell you how much i loathe that stuff because what i want one of the points i wanted to make was that i think a lot of this is subterfuge to hide the evil that resides in the hearts of of humans and in order to cope with the evil wrought by humanity at large right these are human beings that are doing it Ike and others have to create myths to explain this evil. Right. And to me, I think it's harder to accept that some people are just evil or, you know, mean to do the world harm. Um, right. And I think stuff like this does distract from a very real and very human form of the evil that the world faces today. Um, so this is just kind of a thought about this whole phenomenon uh so yeah when QAnon popped up i mean i thought it was kind of i've always sort of been on the sidelines looking at this stuff because uh it's sort of entertaining in a way but yeah. when that when that popped up i was like wow like it's all because it's none of it's original it's all like recycled right. stuff it's not new no um so it was really interesting and so I, yeah, I guess they really are just funneling people to the to the right, yes. to yeah. and capitalizing on their like already sort of eroded trust yeah. of more uh, so-called like liberal systems, uh, I guess. Yeah. Um, because I mean, the left, if we're gonna sort of characterize, is looking really pretty bad these days. Absolutely, <laughs> they're, they're they're the worst. <laughs> so like they're, the, the they're actually people. very fascist too you know with the wrong yeah. thing like uh being politically correct etc yeah so it's it's a very interesting sort of hegelian dialectic right That's that people find themselves in the yeah. push and pull between this these two things and well yeah. what if neither of those things actually make sense that's exactly <laughs> right like, yeah. that's the last people can that's the last being last Really quickly, who was Alice Bailey? Alice Bailey basically was a mystic uh, from the theosophical tradition. Mm -hmm. So she 
she came into contact with one of the Senate masters. This they claimed to be one of the same uh, Senate masters that were was communicating to uh, Blavatsky, and he laid out what was called uh, the plan. And uh, this is where you get the whole idea of, uh, of a coming of an age of Aquarius and the arrival of the Messiah and all that stuff. Mm. So what's fascinating is that um, uh, she teamed up with a woman, uh, I can't remember her, her, her name, a Swedish, sorry, Swiss uh, woman, and they set up what's called the Aranos conferences in, uh, in a place called Ascona in Switzerland. And Ascona was already, there was already like a, in fact, it's considered one of the probably the birthplace of the hippie movement is called like a Monte Verita. Mm. And it was, uh, is basically like a bastion for all these, you know, bohemians and, you know, avant-garde artists and people of that sort who, who would localize there to study occultism and, uh, all kinds of famous personalities would belong there. So it's out of that same spot, out of that same sort of, um, um, you know, um, environment that they, started this, these Aranos conferences to study, uh, to discuss religious topics. One of the key personalities, in fact, one of the founding personalities was Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. And Carl Jung was basically, you know, he's probably the one who, who popularized, who did the most to popularize the idea of the, of the coming of age of Aquarius. Interesting. So um, what's interesting is that a lot of the, so, you know, the, the, the movement that gave rise to the Nazi party, it was what's called the German uh, conservative revolution is basically all these right-wing intellectuals. You have people like Ernst Jünger, um, uh, Carl Schmitt, uh, Martin Heidegger, mm-hmm. and uh, the um, so basically the fascist international, like modern-day international. That's really more what they trace themselves to rather than the Nazis themselves. And so, so they they this is what I write about in my book. They had a very curious relationship with the Frankfurt School as well too. Right. And so. Uh, so the, 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 a lot of the personalities from the conservative revolution were very well connected to the, and the Frankfurt School were connected to these Aranos conferences. And the Aranos conferences were funded by uh, Paul uh, Mellon, who was uh, with the OSS. Mm. And uh, so, of course, you probably know that Carl Jung worked for the OSS and then the CIA as well. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so these Aranos conferences, basically, in fact, this is what's really fascinating here is th- this is where the idea of um, defeating evil from within. So there's a there's an entire article written about it, fascinating, uh, by I think it's James Wasserstrom. Is it Wasserman? Is it the yeah. guy that was in the OTO? No, no, no. It's, this is a, an academic. Never mind. He wrote an article called "Defeating Evil from Within," and he shows that basically. It's the Aranos conferences and Paul Mellon who funded the writing of Gershom Shalom's classic about Shabbatay Zvi. So, you know, the, the Gershom Shalom is basically the man, the scholar who, who uh, gave birth to the academic study of Kabbalah in the 20th century. Hmm. And what's particularly important about his study is because he traces the he traces the history of the Kabbalah going all the back to uh, like the what he called the Jewish Gnostics, uh, you know, right around basically like the Essenes, all the way through history right up until the the Shabbat Zavi, which he considers to be sort of his latest development. So what's important is that basically he it was Gershom Shalom who popularized the idea 
of the, the Shabbatai Zavi taught about defeating evil from within, that basically with the arrival of the Messiah, you have to commit sin to uh, accelerate the arrival of the Messiah. And so this whole idea of transgression is what swept through all these academic and avant-garde circles, right. mainly through the influence of Gershom Shalom, which was popularized again through Aaron's conferences, which was tied to the conservative revolution. So now you jump ahead, and then a number of people who were members of the participants in Aaron's conferences end up in San Francisco, where they helped ignite the San Francisco Renaissance. So Michael, Mur was, I can't remember which one it is, Michael Murphy or Richard Price, of course, they're both students of the San Francisco Renaissance, right? That before they founded the, we uh, founded founded the Esalen Institute, mm -hmm. and I think it was Michael Murphy himself. He admitted it that he modeled the Esalen Institute on the Aranos conferences, mm. right? And so, of course, the Esalen Institute is considered to be the birthplace of the modern New Age movement. Yeah. Wow. Um... And I think I, this is also, you know, you mentioned Discordianism and uh, how it's connected to a thing called the Disinformation Company that, do they produce, Alex? Was it Alex Jones they produced yeah. or? Well, so that's two different things. So the, the, the Discordianism, again, is another satanic right-wing movement. Uh, what's fascinating is that, uh, you know, to when when a lot of these um, right wing organizations started to to coalesce after after World War II, uh, one of the products was what's called a Freedom School, which is founded by Robert Lefebvre. And Robert Lefebvre was a former member of the I Am Activity. I don't know if you know where about them, founded by Guy Ballard and his wife. Uh, they claimed to be in contact with Saint Germain, another Theosophical organization. Hmm. One of the founders was. Uh, was um, was um, um, William Dudley Paley, the founder of the Silver Shirts, another neo-Nazi organization. So the Freedom School basically was funded by the one of the most important um, uh, personalities or backers of the modern right movement in the United States. So Roger Milliken was also one of the key backers of William F. Buckley's National Review. So there are two people, important key people who attended the Freedom School were, were uh, I think it was Charles Koch, one of the Koch brothers, mm -hmm. right, whose father, Fred Koch, was one of the founders of the John Birch Society and Kerry Thornley. So Kerry Thornley, of course, is the founder of, uh, of Discordianism. So this is why, you know, uh, Discordianism has been very closely tied to the right. So when you, when you look at the emergence of the I mean, it's important to remember that KMK Ultra had two tracks. It had the um, the artificial intelligence track and the MK Ultra track, but both of them were very closely related. So this is why the evolution of the computer, of the development of the personal computer, was very closely related to uh, experimentation LSD. Mm. So, uh, and why basically uh, Timothy Leary became, you know, a technology evangelist at the end of his career, and he very much influenced the whole cyberpunk culture that really gave birth to the whole, you know, really uh, developed the, the, the underlying culture that produced the personal computer. Along and another influence was uh, discordianism. So, um, uh, What do you so think the purpose of that was, right? Because 
when people think of discordianism and Tim Leary, like they think of these sort of radical dudes, right? They're, they're taking all these drugs and they're, what did the, what was it? Ken Kesey that was like, yeah. oh my goodness. Like, uh, what is it? Tune, tune out. What was it? What did they say? No, Leary. Tune that, was out. that one. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. And so what do you think? Do you think that was again to sort of co-opt people on like the so-called left and kind of like funnel them into these thought patterns? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of that swirled around Gregory Bateson, right? Gregory Bateson was one of the original founders of the cybernetics group. Mm -hmm. It was also his suggestion to create the CIA. And he was one of the main, you know, he was working out of Palo Alto Veterans Hospital. And so he's the one that dosed most of the people like Kesey and all these guys, right? Mm. And, uh, um, um, so one of his protégés was Stuart Brandt. And Stuart Brandt uh, is considered really, I guess he's pretty much the father of personal computing. He, he, he used to run this catalog, what's called a whole earth catalog, which is like a really hippie dippy kind of, you know, self-help, not a self-help, but more of like a do it your DIY kind of. I feel like that figures into like maybe Ted Kaczynski was reading that at some point. Is that, yes. am I wrong yes. about that? Yes. Okay. Exactly. That's where he came up with his cabin in the woods and all that stuff. It's a fascinating the story. The Thoreau so. sort of cabin, yeah. right? They like reprinted the schematics to the Thoreau cabin, I think. And he, yeah. yeah. So what's really interesting is that uh, among the, the people that uh, Kaczynski was targeting was friends of, of, uh, the friends of the friends of Jeffrey Epstein, mm. which shows you because one of the key guys, what was his name? Another, another name. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, they basically the part of like, you know, these out circle of avant-garde artists who were into, you know, sort of like this multimedia art. Uh, Performance the, art. The yeah. And that's where, that's where Stuart Brand was connected. So that's what connects that whole circuit. And um, so John Brockman, that's what his name is. Yes, so John, John Brockman, Brockman. Yes. So John Brockman is a well-known publisher and friend of Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, um, so, um, yeah, so Stuart Brand was part of that circle. And so he's the one who basically, uh, who, who marketed the computer as a tool of, of personal liberation. Mm -hmm. right? So this is really where um, uh, Apple comes in with their 1984 commercial. Mm -hmm. where you know here's a tool and a conspiracy conspiracy again right here is a tool developed by the very very top of the uh, uh, elite pyramid mm -hmm. for totalitarian control but in order to pass their um, to pass it on to the public they market it as a anti-establishment tool right and we see actually the it playing out now which is very interesting uh, with the technology becoming more and more burdensome and less to do with freedom. And, and it was always, I think, to, to surveil and uh, to create a panopticon. It was always the intent of creating God, right? This, this, is, this is goes back to um, Norbert Wiener, who was one of the, again, another one of the, the leading personalities of the cybernetics group. Mm -hmm. Pretty much the founder of cybernetics, him and John von Neumann. The human wrote, use of human beings. Yes. And he also wrote a book called God and Gollum, Inc. And Gollum is a, it's a creature created, a, a legendary creature created through Kabbalistic magic. 
And so he basically was comparing the creation of artificial intelligence to the creation of a golem. And what he proposes that uh, what makes God unique is the ability to create life so that when man creates artificial intelligence, he will effectively become God. Okay. So that's why, you know, the cybernetics, like say cybernetics in culture, sorry, and the development of artificial intelligence was always hand in hand. And the goal was always being to create uh, what they call a global brain or global mind. Right. Uh, would be basically an all-seeing computer. Mm -hmm. A sort of hive consciously modeled on the all-seeing eye of the of the freemasonry this is wild stuff um as it is always <laughs> yeah uh really quickly i feel like so kind of talking about back to like the new age people and the personalities i i saw you um briefly go over russell brand what do we think of russell brand uh -huh. Um, I don't have a lot of information on him. You know, I, um, I, I wouldn't normally, I wouldn't normally have listed him. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, he's mentioned a few new agey things if that incriminates him in any way, but, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? <laughs> right. And the thing is, even with a person like David Icke, right? Like it's really hard to tell where he is sincere or he's a dupe. But, uh, you know, the thing is, it is uh, hard to tell because he seems to sincerely believe what he's saying. But then again, yes. he could be very just a very good actor. I have yeah. no idea. But we um, don't need to tell. Right. We don't need to. We don't need to know. We just need to know what is what is truth and what's disinformation. And we, the, the unfortunately, the disinformation is about 98 percent of what he preaches. Yeah, I agree. Whether um, he knows it or not. Do you think that he was contacted by entities? Yes. Do you think that they're probably just demonic? Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, That's what they do. What's up? That's what they do. That's what aliens are, right? Aliens are basically just demons who are coming to fool people that they come from some other planet and they're advanced beings here to help the planet Earth into our ascension. Yeah, I believe that as well as the conclusion I've come to for years of, yeah. of looking at some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, because it always seems like these guys, like Ike or mm -hmm. even Burroughs, uh, somehow channel the, or, or Crowley, right, are yeah. channeling these entities, right, that are giving them information that are supposed to, it's supposed to write free everybody. But it seems like the information they're get, getting is is not um, not, good. It's not not liberating at all. <laughs> no. but, this, but this you know that's the same that's the occult. It's been like that for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Right. This the problem is that these people, these people, you know, I'm, like I remember the description of a woman who would describe how she had been um, uh, lured into a satanic order, and they start by flattering you. Right. Oh, Any cult, right? Like and, the love yes. bomb situation mm -hmm. and you know things like oh we sense that you have strong psychic abilities and you know you're a powerful person and and of course from there then they can teach you how you can increase your power so it's kind of like that right these these are people who and the thing is, is that you know the 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 sort of post-enlightenment empiricism really laid the groundwork for it right once people are and this is how the this is how the philosophical movement came about in the first place is that you you got the majority of the population disbelieving in anything non-physical at all mm 
So it makes people more susceptible to consider uh, the, the possibility of non-material existence. And this is where uh, it was easy to attract people into spiritualism. And that's basically how it works. So you get these people who, who make contact with these entities and they feel proud that they're you know, among the few who are, have, the, have the, the, the courage to admit the existence of these uh, phenomena in the first place. And then that there are a few who have been chosen to, to have this contact. I think that's how it works. Interesting. Uh, I think you mentioned Jacques Vallée in yes. one of the things you wrote. Yeah. And I didn't know that he worked so closely with uh, Spielberg. Yes. There's a whole character that is modeled on Jack Valley. In uh, Close Encounters? Close Encounters, yeah. So the French scientist in the movie, he's modeled on Jack Valley. Interesting. Have you read uh, his book? Yes. Um, the one. I read Messengers of Deception. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about Jack Ballet is that, so he is, there, I talk about him quite a bit in my book because he's also, he, he's connected to that. There's this whole like Stargate uh, uh, project of the CIA that sort of, this is kind of where MKUltra evolved. And uh, so that's where he's connected. And um, 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 you know, I believe in his thesis, but what's curious though, is that his books were published by uh, Reagan Republishing and Reagan Republishing is the publishing arm of the right-wing movement, conservative, far, you know, uh, conservative movement in the United States. So the Reagan family are like basically the, the true bank rollers of the right. And this is why they feature repeatedly in my book, in, sorry, in my article on Ike, because mm -hmm. they, they, they basically, they are considered you know, the founding family of the old right, which is really where, uh, which began in the, you know, just before World War II and uh, continued to bankroll the American right right up until the alt-right. The alt-right was, was uh, bankrolled by Alfred uh, Regnery. So what do you think the obsession with aliens is with, uh, with um, let's say the Nazis even, right? Because right. they, because... go ahead. Yeah, sorry. sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no, but what is the obsession? I've always yeah. wanted to know, like what were they doing? They Ancient were doing... aliens. Right. Ancient aliens. Right. So basically, ancient aliens is the fallen angels of the Bible. Okay. And there's, there's a there's a there's a entire episode of ancient aliens devoted to exactly that thesis. It's called the the Lucifer conspiracy or something like that. And they detail the whole the whole story. Because with that, so it's the creation of the Aryan race. So the so the fallen angels came to Earth. Um, they created the Aryan race, and the Aryan race. Uh, then spread around the world and they build pyramids all over the place, like in Egypt to South America. Right? Mm -hmm. And so these, these fallen angels, what the Bible was describing was actually aliens. So this is, that is the Luciferian belief system and always has been. And so that's why you'll find that, uh, you know, that's why I also talk about coast to coast AM and, uh, and, um, 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 which links all What's of these characters. Yeah. So all these intelligence, all these intelligence agents, a lot of people who belonged or participated in Project Stargate, and they all basically converge in uh, sort of the ancient aliens mythology and network, which includes people like Alex Jones and David Icke. It's fascinating. I mean, and I just, it's kind of incredible how many people I believe, like buy into this kind of stuff. 
um, and don't make the connection to the the fascist sort of uh, overtones. Because, you know, one one of the main hmm. messages of Alice Bailey was that what was to come was the externalization of the hierarchy. So I think you can think of it like that, that this is basically the preparing a stage. And you can see it now with all this like bogus sort of, you know, disclosure uh, documents and the, you know, the government admitting that they've been doing research and blah, blah, blah. But so this, the, the coming age of Aquarius is going to be an externalization of the hierarchy or basically the, 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 the fallen angels are going to reveal themselves, these you know, quote unquote aliens going to reveal themselves to humanity. Right. I, I think that works itself into what I'm seeing people call like 5D consciousness. Have you heard of this? Right. Um, it's all interesting to me and it's interesting that because during COVID-19, I sort of, I think, felt a resurgence in popularity. Like, I don't think a lot of people other than maybe people into this sort of niche topic would know who he is. Um, and I got a lot of people being like, who is this guy? He's making a lot of sense. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) he's not making sense though um sure because here's the thing that i think about a lot of these people and i I think i said it earlier but basically they take this this fear that's already there and they capitalize on it and then they tell people a bunch of lies that helps them cope with the idea that you know okay we can locate the evil outside of the heart of humans yeah. Um, when in fact, I think the evil really does reside in in humanity, and maybe maybe Young was right about did the shadow work and like working from within. Who knows? I feel like there are like good and bad ideas from at least Young. I won't say Ike at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has any good ideas, and I think they're all regurgitated. They're not original ideas whatsoever. No. And that you yeah, know, true. you mentioned the no. the Chris White documentary yes um which i've watched and yeah even coming from like a different perspective like a christian perspective which is fine like it's so obvious like this dude is is a total fraud yeah um and he may or may not be in contact with like demonic entities like you can talk about possession as a metaphor if you want like a lot of these things can be used metaphorically, which is actually really frustrating. So like the idea of like a lizard person, right? Someone right. who's totally devoid of like humanity, who has no connection to humanity or the emotions of humanity, like as a metaphor, it serves very well. But then you actually personify and then make these things real. I, I, I just, I always find it very interesting how people get funneled into believing this stuff um and i don't particularly understand how they start believing it and i think it's important to talk to people like you who obviously have done a lot of research 30 years of research and are coming to similar conclusions like uh hello this is this is a gateway to fascism that's it yeah so uh, where can people find you on the internet so yeah, I have a, my website is ordoapcow.ca, mm-hmm. um, and my entire book is laid out in web pages. It's divided into my six uh, volumes. Um, there's also a link uh, from the homepage, I believe, to my 
book, which can be purchased from Amazon. There's a paper version and Kindle version. Mm -hmm. Great. I'll probably try to buy the paper one as I, I like to have that um, in my catalog. <laughs> yeah. And I also like the tactile uh, yeah. feeling of books and I like writing in them. And so if I, if I am were to, I would purchase the paper copy just because yeah. I think that's a little bit more fun. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's so much to cover, but I think really in essence, what I'm trying to get across, especially with the kind of talking about Ike and Nazis and the theosophy is to try to help people understand like these, these ideas are not new. Right. They're in fact, very old. Right. And a lot of them seem to dovetail very nicely into uh, eugenics or um, believing that, you know, certain people are superior over others, right? This natural hierarchy type of stuff that they That's say. That's exactly it, which is the um, essence of fascism. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's, you know, I really want to thank you. And I, I think it's very important for people to keep in mind where these things come from and who, who originated the, these ideas. Um, and I think a lot of it gets lost online. And I don't blame people. I mean, there's a lot to take in. So I think that's why I do things like this because people like listening and I think people are able to do other things while they listen to something, you know, they can clean their house or whatever, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? <laughs> so they don't have to like, because reading is, is uh, an activity. It's exactly right. So this is a lot more entertaining and can maybe help people tie some threads together. I've, You've That's definitely it. mentioned some things in this last hour that I, I'd like to look into more myself. So yeah. I super appreciate your time and uh, thank you again for this conversation. Really. Thanks. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciated it.